Put that on for me, hallelujah. It's going to mean something in a minute, saints. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. I'm going to take somebody way back. Bibles to John 15 and verse 13. I put that on. The pastor crazy. No, there's a method to my madness. I put that on because we've been talking about purpose. And I want to close out this series today by letting somebody know you are never going to accomplish your purpose without friends. I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how gifted you are. You are never going to accomplish what God called you to be without friends. Let's read the text. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Listen to Jesus talking to his disciples. Ye are... My friends, if you do whatsoever I command you, henceforth, from now on, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Everything I heard from my father, I have made known unto you. The relationship has to shift because I'm telling you my business. And only my friends get my business. So I want to talk to you for a little while under the subject, you need friends to finish. You need friends to finish. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name. We worship you and magnify your name. Have your way in this place. Bless this word. Bless your people in a mighty way. Hallelujah. Let it be life-altering, life-changing. I thank you, Lord God, for the many of voices that have spoken to my life. I thank you, Lord God, for friends. I wouldn't be here today if it were not for some good friends. Father God, for every person that has spoken into my life, for every, for every book, for every sermon, for every... Every bit of information I've ever gathered that has progressed my life, I thank you. And I bless you for it in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you have some friends? I need you to be ready for me today. This is not your ordinary message. Amen. Hallelujah. You're going to find out after I'm done today that you really don't have as many friends as you think. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me submit to you, hallelujah, that your assignment requires assistance. I said your assignment is going to require assistance. Amen? And associations are not going to be good enough for you to accomplish your purpose. You need friends in order to finish. And so let me ask you a question in this place today. Are you a relational asset or 
are a liability to the lives of people God sends you to? Are you a relational asset or liability to the lives of the people God sends you to? Because you're not going to accomplish purpose without people. And I'm not talking about just any kind of people. I'm talking about some real friends. How many of you in this place know that God sends certain people in certain seasons for certain reasons? Are you in this place? There will be seasons in your life where God will send difficult people into your life for you to work with to test your love level. To determine whether or not you're really ready to go to another place in God. Can I submit to you that some of the people that are in your life right now are not there by accident. They're not there by coincidence. They're not there by happenstance. But God has divinely orchestrated, hallelujah, the converging of your lives together because he knows the importance of you having the right people at the right time in your life. I will submit to you that even though you haven't seen it, God has invisibly, invisibly escorted these people into your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. In order, watch this, so that you might receive from them something you need so that you can be all you can be for him. So let me give you some advice in here. This is good advice, hallelujah. Watch this. Never allow your frustration to lead you into isolation. Never allow your frustration to lead you into isolation because isolation will draw attacks. I said isolation will draw attacks. If you, attacks. If you look at the life of Jesus, remember when Jesus is getting baptized, watch this, when Jesus is getting baptized, the disciples are there. Not only are the disciples there, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is descending, right? And not only does it say that the Spirit is descending, but it also says that God is speaking. And so here's what you got to understand. When you're in an atmosphere, hallelujah, of the saints, and you're in an atmosphere where God's talking and God is moving, hallelujah, you're probably not going to experience an attack right then and there, hallelujah. But if you know the text like I do is when Jesus is alone. It's when he's alone in the wilderness, hallelujah, that the enemy comes to attack him, hallelujah. It's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for any man to be alone for any long period of time. Isolation will draw attacks. Watch this. Isolation will affect your sanity. Too much time alone will affect your mind. Oh, God, hallelujah. The prisons know this. That's why, hallelujah, in prison, whenever you act up, they put you in a place called solitary confinement. They know that that is the worst kind of punishment. The worst kind of punishment is to put you in a place all by yourself for a long period of time because it will affect your mind. You have a man, watch this, let me, let me give you a movie, Tom Hanks, hallelujah, in a movie called Castaway, takes a volleyball, paints a happy face on it, hallelujah, and calls it Wilson. Not because he's losing his mind, but because he's trying to keep his mind. Because he understands that without a friend, I'll go crazy. 
In other words, I need somebody. Isolation will affect your sanity. Isolation leads to extremes. I said isolation leads to extremes. As King David, the Bible says that when kings went off to war, watch this, on one occasion, David's men came to him to pick him up so they can do battle. And David decided, I'll sit this one out. You know how we do sometimes on Sunday morning. I'll just sit this one out and assume that it's not going to affect you. But David will tell you, oh, yeah, it'll affect you because I sat just one out. And I had a little too much time on my hands. So I started walking the, 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 the roof of my house, and there she was. Her name was Bathsheba. To make a long story short, he fell into an adulterous affair. And it got so ugly that he committed premeditated murder, killed a man that was actually being loyal to him to try to cover up the mess. And it all started because he decided, I just need to be alone. Isolation will lead to extremes. Isolation will cause you to miss a move of God. God, help me in here. I said isolation. A couple of weeks ago, I preached a message where I said, watch this. In this season, the glory is coming to the gathering. And I used Acts chapter 2, and I said, the glory is coming to the gathering. Hallelujah. If, watch this, you go into isolation, you'll miss moves of God. If Thomas were here, Thomas will testify. Thomas will say, after Jesus resurrected, hallelujah, the disciples were in hiding for fear. Amen. They were hiding. They were in fear, but they were still gathering. God, help me here. In other words, everything wasn't everything. They were confused. They didn't have all the answers, but they were still coming to church. God, help me in here. In other words, they were still gathering. And because they were gathering, the Bible says that Jesus came in the room. Watch this. Supernaturally came through the wall of the building, but Thomas was not there. Because Thomas was alone somewhere else, he missed the move of God. The good thing about Thomas is that he got back in fellowship. That's the best thing you could do. He got back in fellowship. When he got back in fellowship and hooked up with the brothers, hallelujah, the Bible says that Jesus came again just for Thomas. But if Thomas stays in isolation, he misses the move of God. Are you in this place? Can I ask you another question in here? Are you the friend you like to be or the friend others want you to be? Or the friend God needs you to be. Oh, God, have mercy in here. Are you the friend you want to be? The friend others want you to be? Or the friend God needs you to be? Because I'm going to submit to you that if you decide that I'm going to please God, that's going to most likely cause you to finish or accomplish your assignment because you realize that you are not in people's lives just for company, but you are in people's lives to help them fulfill their purpose and their destiny. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Watch this. How many of you in this place know, you know, because we like, how many of you love the blessing of the Lord? I love the blessing of the Lord. Send them my way. Jesus, amen. You know, we, we love the blessing of the Lord. We love the provision. Of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. But how many of you in this place know that when God gets ready to send his blessing and his provision, it usually arrives on two legs. I said it usually arrives on two legs. 
You know, see, we like the idea of God dropping it down from heaven. And, or we like the idea of it floating into our lives supernaturally. But let me just submit to you, hallelujah, that oftentimes when the blessing and the provision of God comes, it doesn't just get dropped down from heaven. And it doesn't just float in. It usually walks into your life. I got like three amens on the right side. I said it usually just walks into your life. Because I know that, watch this, I, I desire to be the friend you need me to be and not just the friend you want me to be. I said, I desire to be the friend you need me to be and not just the friend that you want me to be. Listen to this text. We love this text a lot, but I wonder if we really catch it. Give, and it shall be given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And we stop there. We're like, woo! But it says, shall men give unto your bosom. See, you want it directly, but God says, no, when it comes, I'm going to use a man. And watch this, that's not limited to friends, but a lot of you have empty bosoms because you have no real friends. Hmm. Amen, somebody. Now, you know, people ain't difficult. There's about two things. We simplify friendship to needing about two things. One of those things is loyalty. I need loyalty. Come on, somebody. Loyalty is important. Amen, somebody. Don't don't look at me here, smile in my face, then stab me in the back at another place. I need loyalty. Amen? If I'm having to try to figure you out, chances are that's not a friend. Oh, God, have mercy in here. The next thing that we want is acceptance. Amen? You know how it is. Don't judge me. What you see is what you get. And if you're really my friend, then I shouldn't have to be an actor in front of you. Amen? Because you're my friend. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? A real friend will buy the whole field. The kingdom of God is like buried treasure. And when a man finds it, he sells all he has and he buys the whole field. Dirt and all. A real friend will buy the whole field. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. The earthen vessel is made out of dirt. Before you get to the treasure, you have to get through the dirt. The dirt is easy to spot. Can you see the dirt in someone else's life and still be mature enough to find the treasure and help them extract it out? A real friend will buy the whole field, dirt and all, because ain't nobody perfect. And if you hang out with anybody long enough, you're going to find something to talk about. Can I take it deeper? We want loyalty. But loyalty is not all you need. I said, we want loyalty, but loyalty is not all you need. Watch this. Because some loyalties will be good to you, but not be good for you. I said, some loyalties will be good to you, but not be good for you. And if a person's loyalty is not biblical, 
it won't be beneficial. Oh, God, have mercy. And he, I said, if a person's loyalty is not biblical, it will not be beneficial to you. Show me, hallelujah, 2 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 14. 2 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 14. You doing all right? Hallelujah. Listen to what it says. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retire ye from him. In other words, set him up and then withdraw from him that he may be smitten so that he could die. Next verse. And it came to pass when Joab observed the city that he assigned Uriah unto a place where he knew that valiant men were. And the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, and there fell some of the people of the servants of David. And Uriah the Hittite died also. Next verse. Then Joab sent and told David all the things concerning the war. Now, you need to catch the characters here. The first one is David. He's the king. Amen? Joab, just so you know, is the captain of the host. He's David's captain. But if you read on David's life carefully, you find out that Joab was also a friend. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So watch this, hallelujah. And then you have Uriah. For those of you who don't know, Uriah was Bathsheba's husband. Okay? So I just told you a little while ago, even the isolation leads to extremes. This is what happened to David, right? David got into an adulterous affair and then he tried to cover it up. In order to cover it up, watch this, he has to have Uriah killed. Amen? Are you following me so far? But look at what he does. He calls on a man named Joab and leans on his loyalty. And the Bible says, watch this, that he tells Joab, watch me now. He tells Joab, take Uriah to the hottest part of the battle, in the front, and then withdraw from him. And people do that, people do that all the time. Let me, let me explain it to you. Watch this. Because of Bathsheba, David and Uriah ain't close. And so now, watch this, that me and Uriah ain't close, Joab I don't want you to be close. So now because, we, now because we're not close, I expect all my friends not to be close to you because I'm not close to you. Put them in the front and then withdraw from him. Set them up and have them killed. And the thing that gets me is that I know the man's supposed to follow orders, but if they're friends, why would you kill a man and not even ask why? And so watch this. Joab was loyal to King David, but his loyalty was not beneficial because what Joab really did is that he assisted David, watch this, in ruining his house. Because the Bible says that a prophet named Nathan comes to David and says, because of what you did to Uriah, the sword shall never leave your house. And so watch this. This happens to David. Now, I don't know if you know about David's life, but he had a son, watch this, who died because of his adulterous affair. Then he had another son named Am Amnon, right, who raped his sister Tamar. Then he had a son named Absalom who tried to dethrone his own father. And watch this, while David was a great king, 
His house was a mess. And Joab assisted him in ruining his own house by being loyal in the name of loyalty, but not biblically. Are you in this place? Ooh, I need some real friends. God, help me in this place. Hallelujah. I need some biblical friends. Because look, here's the reality. An associate, an associate will laugh at you while you're getting ready to fall off that cliff. But a friend loves you too much to allow your downfall to become his entertainment. God, help me in this place. Hallelujah. Don't laugh at me and don't laugh with me if you see I'm about to make a mess out of my life. Talk to me. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. In other words, I need friends for my blind spots. Oh, where, where, where are my drivers at? Where are my drivers at? Hallelujah. Anybody who drives a vehicle, no, I don't care how good you drive. If you're going to keep your eyes forward, you have blind spots. What that means, hallelujah, and you need to accept this, I don't see everything. Let me take it a step further. Not only do you not see everything about everything, you don't see everything about you. So you need some friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Show me what I don't see. Now, you know, you know, if you drive, hallelujah, and you don't have a brand new vehicle with all the perks they come with today, in order for you to know what's next to your vehicle, you got to, if you're not doing this, you are taking tremendous risks because you have blind spots. But you know, now they got these cars. Now they got these cars that have blind spot detectors. And so if a car is in your blind spot, a little light will turn on in your rear view. And if you go ahead and start making that turn, it'll even beep to signal you so that you don't enter into trouble. Those are the kind of friends I need. I need friends, hallelujah, who can see where I don't see, hallelujah, and wouldn't allow me to make a turn or change lanes and let me run into something, hallelujah, and then look at me and tell me, I saw it coming, I saw it. Don't tell me you saw it coming. Help me so that I don't have to crash, so that I don't have to have a collision. So that I don't have to have an accident. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Ooh, Jesus. Listen, I need someone in my life I can trust with news I don't want to hear. Ooh, God help me in here. I said I need, I need somebody in my life I can trust with news I don't want to hear. Because, come on, let's be honest in here. Sometimes you don't want to hear it. And when it matters is when what comes, comes from a person you trust. Because even though you don't want to hear it because you trust that person, you're going to listen. Even if you don't like the news they're bringing. I need those kind of people in my life. Especially if I'm purpose driven. Hallelujah. You are my other set of eyes. You are my blind spot detectors. I need you in my life. 
Amen? You know what I think today? I think we use the word friend too loosely. Just wait. Everybody's my friend. The devil is a liar. Everybody is not your friend. We use that word too loosely. Some of us, you know what? We're taking on friends in real life like we take them on on Facebook. It's amazing to me. You got about 788 friends on Facebook. Let me help you in here. Those ain't your friends. Let me help you in here. Those ain't your friends. You don't even know half of them. Half of them don't even know you. They friend request you. And just because you just want to add more to the list, you just keep taking on friends. Let me tell you something here. Friendship is expensive. Because according to the text that we just read, greater love has no man than to give his life to a friend. So watch this. I know that friendship is expensive. So when you get me, you get my life. So I can't give my life to everybody. Too loose, you know. And then if they act a fool, you just unfriend them. They were never your friend to begin with. Stop it. Facebook, stop it. Listen, according to Scripture, you don't have to earn love. I'm going to mess you up. According to Scripture, you don't have, love everybody, the Bible says. You don't have to earn love. Matter of fact, the Bible says love your enemies. But friendship needs to be earned. God help me in here. Hallelujah. Watch this. Greater love has no man. That's the text that we read. That he would give his life for a friend. You are my friends if you do what I say, watch this, then he goes on to say, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. Because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but because I'm giving you my business, the relationship has to change. Ooh, are you in this place? Watch this. My associates and my assignments get my gift. My friends get my business. Stop giving your business to the wrong people. Oh, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Hallelujah. You have friends, you have associates, and you have assignments. And a mature individual knows how to separate who is who and who to give my gift to versus who to give my life to. Oh, God, hallelujah. Because I will share my gift with everybody, but I'm not giving me to everybody. Before I give me to anybody, I have to qualify you. Everybody can have my gift. Matter of fact, hallelujah, I don't even have to know you. And let me just be transparent. I don't even have to like you to give you my gift, hallelujah. But to give you me, you have to be a friend. Because I ain't giving my business to just anybody. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Ooh, stop giving your business to the wrong people. Amen. Love everybody. But give your business to those that have been there long enough. Uh, walked with you long enough. Hallelujah. And have proven that they could be trusted with your business. Are you blessed in here, church? Can I be transparent? I already am. I've already been for like the last 10 minutes anyway. I might as well just keep on being transparent. Listen, let me speak to you out of experience, amen? Some of you ain't going to like me 
after I say what I got to say, but you still got to love me. Well, the Bible says love everybody. So, 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 so watch this now. This is, this is 17 years of experience. I would dare say a lot of Christians, I might even take it a step further and say the average Christian does not know how to handle their business. You got to be a mature Christian to know how to handle your business. Because here's what happens. You get hurt and you start talking to anybody. You get hurt and you start talking to anybody that will give you an ear. And the first person that comes, can I talk to you? And you start telling, watch this, your business to servants. In other words, like the text says, you start telling your business to associates and assignments. And they were not supposed to get your business. They were supposed to get your gift. Only friends get your business. Ah, God help me in here. So watch this, when you do that, when you talk too much and you start talking to everybody, about your business, you put caps on how far God can take you. Why? Because you done already told too many people too many things about your business. And so God's not going to elevate you and God's not going to promote you in hopes that you are not going to bump into all those people that know the worst about you. Are you in this place? Because you've given the devil too many people to use now to bring up your business about when you was at your worst, even though now you're at your best. Oh, Jesus. If I'm your friend, you don't just get my gift. You get me. You get my life. And if I trust you with my life, don't Judas me. I have to say it like I feel it. If I trust you with my life, don't Judas me. Unless you're helping me get to my purpose. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That'll hit somebody in the parking lot. Hallelujah. Watch this. The Bible says, Oh, no man anything, watch this, but love everybody. Watch this. In other words, in other words, you owe people love. But just because you owe them love does not mean you owe them access. I said just because you owe them love does not mean you owe them access into your life. If you're in this place, in this place, shout glory. Ooh. Sometimes we give people access and then they get upset when those people mismanage the access that you gave them. That's why you have to be careful who you give access to. Amen, somebody. Woo. Listen, and when a friend trusts you when they, with their business, understand they trust in you and not who you trust. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. When a friend trusts you with their business, understand that they are trusting you, not who you trust. So you do not have the right to take what somebody, a friend, has shared with you about themselves in confidence, hallelujah, and share it with people you think need to hear it. 
Because now there are people who are at jeopardy and at risk. Why? Because you leaked into someone who has leaks. And now more people that need to know all about your business. Stop giving your business to the wrong people. Now, if I'm serious about purpose, and I am, and I hope that you are too, and I qualify for friendship, and I'm going to give my life to you, one of the first things I'm asking God is what it is that you want me to give that person, God. Because I'm not coming into your life just for company. I'm coming to help you get to where you need to go. And so I'm asking God, God, what is it? God, help me in here. Are you blessed in here? Listen, and don't make the mistake to assume that converging schedules automatically qualifies a person for friendship. Just because we work together and we spend a lot of time together don't mean we buddies. God, help me in here. Because sometimes, you know, you're at your job and you're working with people all day. They automatically assume you're friends. But if you really want to find out whether you're friends or not, just wait for the schedules to change. <laughs> when the schedules change, see what happens and then you know what you got. Are you in this place, church? Ooh, that clock is moving. So... Now that, I'm done, now that I'm done with my introduction, I'm playing. Let me give you point number one. Listen, if I, am, if I am your friend, this is what you can expect to get from me when I give you my life. Number one, inflexible integrity. Inflexible integrity. In other words, an integrity that is firm. An integrity that doesn't move easily. God have mercy in this place. Can I submit to you that there is no such thing as a neutral relationship? I said there is no such thing. Ah, you know, they just people that they in my life, but they don't, they don't really, you know, they, they don't really mean it. Let me help you in here. To assume that a relationship is not affecting you is ridiculous. Every relationship you have is affecting you in one way or another. I believe it was D.L. Moody who said this, it either helps you or hurts you. It either builds you or tears you down. It either brings you high or brings you low, but it is doing something in your life. There is no such thing as a neutral relationship. Proverbs 13 and 20, because I gotta hurry, let me just read it, says, walk with the wise and become wise. Woo! Walk with the wise and become wise. What's the inference? For a companion of fool or fools suffers harm. It matters who you hang out with. God help me in here. Let me give you another one. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Your relationships are affecting you. Positively or negatively, it's happening. Because of that, watch this, because I'm serious about purpose, I need, I need in my life consistency and not chameleons. 
Oh, y'all not going to let me preach in here. I, I said I need consistency and not chameleons. Are you here? I need the real deal. Just because you put spots on a lion, don't make it a leopard. And just because you put stripes on a cat, don't make it a tiger. Are you Listen, you sit there and say, yo, that's my boy. That's my boy. He'll never do that to me. But the reality is that what they are eventually will come out. I'm going to leave that alone because I'm going to start messing up some relationships. But maybe God wants me to. Hi. <laughs> we can hang out together. You can have some of my time. But you can't have my business unless you're a friend. I'm preaching Bible. My God. Let me give you the next thing because I got to move. Let me give you the next one. Watch this. When I give my life to you, what you can expect from me as a friend is complete allegiance. A friend is a friend all the time. Oh, boy. Watch this. Watch this. When I have a job, when I don't have a job, still my friend. When I have money and when I don't have money, still my friend. When I'm at my best and when I'm at my worst, still my friend. You need people in your life, watch this, that you can take to the mountain of transfiguration, show them your glory when you're at your highest, but you also need friends that you can take into the garden of Gethsemane to see your humanity when you're at your low. And they can handle it and not change their view of who you are. God help me in here. Hallelujah. In other words, your view of me does not change your love for me. Whether I'm on top or whether I'm over here. That's a real friend. Hmm. You guys doing all right? Can we take it further? Most of you would have been finished with Peter. You know Peter. Most of you would have been finished with Peter. Deny me once. And I might give you another shot. Right? Deny me once. I might give you another shot. Deny me three times. And I'm done with you. Right? That's most of us right there. But Jesus does not give up on Peter because Jesus knows who Peter is at the core. God, help me in here. Jesus sees the treasure underneath all that dirt. God, help me in this place. And Jesus could discern, and a good friend can discern, the difference between, watch this, a Judas and a Peter. And here's the difference. Judas had a bad heart. Peter had a bad day. Don't lose good friends on account of a bad day. God, let me help somebody else in here. Don't lose good friends on account of a bad day. Now, if they got a bad heart, that's a whole different story. Amen? Now, mind you, you don't have to condone the behavior, 
but I'm still your friend. That's what... That's why when Jesus resurrected, the first thing he said was, tell my disciples and Peter. In other words, he wanted to let everybody know, yeah, Peter, Peter's still my boy. What he did was dumb. And look, you could tell your friend that. That was dumb. That was dumb. But I love you. That was really dumb. You want to go get something to eat? Because you're still my friend. God, help me in here. Are you blessed in here? Do you got friends like that? Woo! Let me tell you, you know who your friends are? You know who your friends are where all hell breaks loose in your life. Now, some of you, if I made you pull out your phone right now, some of you have over 300 contacts on your phone. But when all hell breaks out in your house, what good are 300 contacts you can't call? Your, God, help me in here. Your friends are the ones you can call. When the bottom falls out of a situation, hallelujah, and you have a name on the contact list. Some of you have two men anyway. Those ain't friends. You have friends, you have associates, and you have assignments. And you have to differentiate between the three. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus has 70, 70, then 12, 12, three. Three friends, oh God help me in here. Associates, assignments. You gotta know the difference. Are you blessed in here? The next thing you get from me as a friend is unconstrained sincerity. You know what you're going to get from me? The truth. Flat out. <laughs> you're going to get your honesty. Even if it hurts. Proverbs 27 and 6, let me just read it to you for the sake of time. I hope you're writing these down. Get the CD. Do whatever you got to do. Watch it later on Facebook. Proverbs 27 6, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Oh, I'm going to read it one more time. Proverbs 27 6, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. A real friend, when they wound you, they're not doing it to hurt you. They're doing it to help you. Uh, do you got those kind of friends in your life? Listen, I'm at a place in my life where if it means saving my life, hurt my feelings. I said if it means saving my life, hurt my feelings. Tell me, tell me the truth. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just got to walk up to somebody and say, hey, listen, man, you, you feel like this is good and you feel like this is fulfilling you right now. But let me just tell you, this is going to blow up in your face, ruin your purpose, and hinder your destiny. And if that person is your friend, you understand that though it hurts, hallelujah, they're trying to help. Ooh. Real friends know enough about your life to speak into it. 
Amen? Can I take it a step further? A real friend will tell you the truth even if they themselves are struggling with that truth. I said a real friend will tell you the truth even though they themselves are struggling with that very truth. Why? They love you so much they don't want you to remain stuck just because they're stuck. Watch this. But when a person is not your friend, they want you to stay stuck because they stuck. God, help me in this place. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Ooh. And so I got to tell you the truth. Even though the truth I'm being challenged to tell you is a truth I'm struggling with. I, listen, in my own life, it's when I've been struggling the most that God challenges me to minister the most. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God, help me in here. God will mess you up. Your marriage will be shaky, will be shaky and God will bring a couple into your life right at that very moment so you can minister to them and y'all had a fight on the way to church. Y'all ain't saying nothing in here. And even though you're struggling with that truth right now, you still have to tell the truth so that somebody else don't get stuck where you are stuck right now. Watch God bless you and your life and help you get unstuck. Are you in this place? Ooh, so I'm not gonna not tell you on account of my lack of mastery in an area. Are you in this place, church? Oh my God. Here's another thing. Never make the mistake to love the relationship more than the person. Oh my God. I said, never make the mistake to love the relationship more than the person. Some of you won't tell the truth for what you know that will do to the relationship. And because you don't want to upset the relationship, you won't tell the person the truth. But what if because you didn't want to upset them, you make God upset? What if the reason God put them in your life is so that you can tell them the truth. <clears throat> Are you in this place, church? Oh, boy. Let me give you the next one. Here's another thing you get from me when you get my life. Anchored dependability. Anchored. Depend a dependability that is rooted. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <clears throat> Watch this, watch this text right here. Proverbs 18 and 24 says this. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. I'm going to read it one more time because I didn't get one amen. And I'm going to read it until I get at least one. Watch this. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. This text is so powerful right here because, see, a lot of us walk around thinking, as long as I don't have friends that are evil, I'm going to be all right. Because if I have friends that are evil, I can see my life coming to ruin. But this text right here says you don't just need evil friends to bring your life to ruin fast. You want to bring your life to ruins fast or you need are friends that are unreliable. Take on friends that are not dependable. And you will come to ruins. 
The text said, soon. I need reliable friends. Reliability speaks about predictability. When you're a real friend, I should be able to predict what you're going to do in a crisis. Because I know you to be a reliable individual. And so even though, even though the bottom falls out of the situation, I can still count on you being there, standing there with me because you are dependable. And the Bible says that if your friends are unreliable, you can come to ruins very quickly. Amen, somebody. God, help me in this place. Hallelujah. Let me, let me give you an illustration. I gave the 9 a.m. service. Listen, I'm confident to sit in this chair. And the reason I'm confident to sit in this chair is because I believe this chair can hold me up. Because I believe this chair can hold me up, I can sit on it. Let me ask you a question in here. Can people sit on you? Knowing that you are that dependable, that you can hold them up. God, help me in here. If you tell me, Pastor, I'm going to meet you at church at 5.30 p.m. in the parking lot. Can I sit on that? If you say, Pastor, I hurt you in this season, but I will never hurt you again, can I sit on that? Or if I sit on it, will I fall? Because you were not reliable. Some of you right now in this place, you don't got to talk back to me. I'm coming right there where you are. Are walking around with bruised and broken hearts because you keep sitting on people that keep dropping you. I said you keep sitting on people that keep on dropping you and you wonder why your heart is bruised and broken. You need reliable people in your life. Are you in this place, church? My God, it's amazing because have you ever felt this way? I got you. I got you. You ever said that to anybody? I got you. But you wonder, why don't you have me? Like I got you. Selah. Let me close. This is the last thing you get from me when you get my life, when you get my friendship. And it's what anybody should get when you give them you and you give them your friendship. Perpetual inspiration. Perpetual. Now, nobody's going to be perfect. That's not what we're preaching here. We're not preaching perfection. Nobody's going to be perfect. But can I give you a piece of advice? Your friends cannot be character projects. I'm going to say that one more time. Your friends cannot be character projects. Your associates and especially your assignments, they are 
character projects. But the problem with us is that we usually try to make our friends character projects, at least those who we deem as friends. But let me help you in here. If they have hangups, if they have issues, if they have emotional problems, they can't really be a friend to you. Because your success is going to intimidate them. I said because your success is going to intimidate them. But a real friend will never be intimidated by your success. I said a real friend will never be intimidated by your success. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You walking around talking about how you're going to get married and they're not. They'll smile at you and mean it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, God help. See, I don't have to worry about you being jealous of me when you have a character that is not jealous, period. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But if there's flaws in your character, God have mercy in here. If you're blessed, shout glory. Listen, your success is going to intimidate them. And listen, I don't care how spiritual they claim to be. I said, I don't care how spiritual they claim to be. You need, watch this, not to judge them, but to fruit inspect them. I said, fruit inspect them. Check the fruit on that tree. The Bible says that a good tree is going to give or bring forth good fruit. Bad tree is going to bring bad fruit. Fruit inspect them. As a matter of fact, let me tell you what Jesus said. Jesus, Matthew 7, 16, said these words. Watch this. Beware of false prophets who come to you, watch this, in sheep's clothing, when in reality they are ravenous wolves. He says, watch this. You shall know them by their fruit. So don't make the mistake to to, to place somebody or categorize them by their word. You place and categorize them by their fruit. Not just what they say. Oh my God. You could tell a fake by their fruit. And some of you are looking at me funny right now because you're thinking, man, I know who my friends are. And you're thinking, man, that's my boy. My boy will never do that to me. Oh, that's my girl right there. That's my ride or die. She would never do that to me. Watch this. Because they told me they would never do that to me. And watch this. Somebody could tell you they will never do it to you and really mean it. No, they mean it. But they don't have the character nor the capacity to follow through on what they said, even though they meant it. So before you get your heart broken, fruit inspect them. Y'all look like y'all want to leave. The reality is I can't, 
I can't continually be wrong about you over and over and over again. I need some real friends. The Bible says two is better than one. For if one falls, watch this, he has somebody there to pick them up. But woe to the man who falls and doesn't have nobody. Who is speaking into your life when you're down? Because if you hit the floor and you don't have a lifter, you're in trouble. All right, come on. And some of you in here talking about, I don't need nobody. I don't need nobody. I just need God. I'll, oh, I'll do what David did. I'll encourage myself in the Lord. Let me help you in here. David only did that one time. Read your Bible. David only did that one time. You might be challenged to encourage yourself at one point in your life to test your faith. Hallelujah. Make sure you're not totally dependent on people and you're dependent on God. But at some point, you're going to need somebody to pat you in the back and encourage you. Do I got a church in here? Hallelujah. What I don't need, hallelujah, is some fake smiling haters in my corner. I'd rather have two real than 12 fake any day. Any day. Just give me the real deal. Jesus will tell you, I just had three. Don't get it twisted. There was only three people that I could take everywhere. The other nine didn't get all of me. You better find your three. You don't need a whole lot, but you at least need three. Jesus had three. Those were friends. The nine, associates. The multitude, assignment. God, help me in here. Are you in this place? So let me help you understand that some more and we'll be out of here. When we're talking about friends, friendship, friendship has reciprocity, reciprocity. Reciprocity is just this. Amen. You give and you get. You give and you get. Friendships, watch this, are about depositing and withdrawals. But it's not one way. I'm making deposits into you. You are making deposits into me. I'm withdrawing from you. You are withdrawing from me, right? That's friendship. That's how you know you have a friend. Amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you have to be able to differentiate between those that you feed and those that need. God help me here. I can't do it. Hallelujah. Listen, associations have some reciprocity. Some reciprocity, associations. Oftentimes, when it comes to associations, you have to be careful because usually you're in relationship, but you view the relationship differently. And so while somebody's talking about you, they're saying this about you. I'm his friend. But then you look at him and you go, yeah, but you are my associate. <laughs> because just because you shared your business with me, does not mean that I'm ready to share my business with you. (laughs) 
And assignments have pretty much no reciprocity. And you won't get offended because you realize they are your assignment. And if you are my assignment, then I understand that God wants me to invest into you and not expect anything back. Because you're not my friend. You are my assignment. Are you in this place, church? I'll end with this statement right here. The worst thing you could do is make the mistake to become so lonely you make your assignment your friend. Or worse than that, you start dating your assignment. I thought I'd finish on a high note. <laughs> you start dating your assignment. Someone you were only supposed to introduce to Jesus. Now you've become involved with and the relationship gets weird real fast. Y'all don't have to say amen. I know I'm in the kitchen. Because we keep putting people in wrong categories. I am not called to be a friend to everybody. Some friendships are only seasonal. It's unfortunate, but some people only come into your life for a season. And you have to know when that season ends. Hear me and hear. You have to discern when that season ends. Because watch this, you could be friends in one season, but then one of you grow and the other one does not. So in order to remain friends, you got to remain trying to be someone you no longer are. Just to keep hanging out. And at the end of the day, I'm sorry. Purpose is calling me. I can't keep coming down to your level just so we can hang out. I need you. I need you to come up. Listen, and, and if you want to find out, let's say you're confused right now. Oh my God, I got some friends. I don't know. They're my friends now. <laughs> if you want to find out if they are a friend for your future, here's what you do. Just look to see which you shows up when you hang out. <laughs> if when you hang out, the you you used to be keeps coming up, that's not a friend for your future. I have a hard enough time as it is keeping the man I used to be in the grave. I don't need your assistance to help me turn up. I got enough turn up problems all on my own. I need friends that are going to help me turn stuff down, not turn stuff up. God, help me in here. Are you in this place, church?
a friend. And God is calling you to be one. It's part of your purpose. You're not going to get there without them. If you receive the word of the Lord. Stand to your feet and give God praise in this place. Come on, give God a real praise in here. Come on, I, listen, I, I wasn't trying to preach. I was trying to help you today. Give God a praise in here. If the word of the Lord has blessed you, hallelujah. Listen, you want to bless me? You'll value what happened in this room today by making sure you get those notes. Don't leave this place to say, oh, that sounded real good. You're going to forget everything I said in about three days. Statistically, 72 hours, that's all it takes. If you didn't take those five points down, I'm going to encourage you. Get that CD. Go home. Watch it again on Facebook or whatever. Wait till it comes out on the website. Watch it. You don't want to invest into it? Watch it for free. It's going to be on Facebook for free later. It's going to be, hallelujah, on the website for free. Amen? I just walk with the Lord long enough to know that when something blesses me, I sow to it. I'm going to leave that alone. You're not going to make it to the accomplishment of your purpose without friends. Even Jesus, the most purpose-driven individual you'll ever know, came to his men and said, the relationship needs to change. Because I'm giving you my business, you can no longer be servants. You are friends. A friend gets my business. Everybody else gets my gift. church give the Lord one last praise offering in here can you throw up those hands hallelujah and just give God praise hallelujah can somebody just